Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How many are ready for the Word of God? You have your Bibles. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 11. And I'm going to read just a different translation. I'm, I'm, I, you probably have the New King James up there. Is that right? But I forgot my glasses tonight, so... I got my notes here, so glory to God, and I have a Bible in front of me, which I prefer anyways that we bring a Bible to church, amen? Open them pages up and let those pages read you. Let them examine your heart, amen? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, it says, As we, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And then verse 12, it says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Glory to God. Let's pray this morning, this evening. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace and God, your wisdom that you instill into our lives. We thank you, God, for our leadership, God, our fellowship, Lord. We're so grateful for such a wonderful fellowship of churches, God, that we are a part of. Lord, we ask that you would use us mightily in this city, God, in our families' lives, in our homes, God. Go with us, Lord, all the time as we, as we are prepared to minister your gospel, Lord, winning the lost. We just thank you for this vision, God. We're so blessed, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, so as I was mentioning just a few moments ago, you know, it's, it's, it's every single one of us in this place, we have a different upbringing, there's some here, I mean, I was raised by a father who, who uh, you know, d- didn't have any rules in the house other than, you know, go get for us, and that's about it, amen? And so uh, it, was, it was a difficult lifestyle, but I knew that there was always love. There was always um, uh, an embracement. There was always an encouragement. But, you know, this type of lifestyle, I didn't really want to follow. Matter of fact, when I gave my life to the Lord in 1978, we made a choice to never go back to where we came from. I remember that day, 1978, my, my, my mom was in a, a revival service, and, and she was there, and the, the preacher, who happened to be my father-in-law today, but he was looking down at her at that altar, and he said, ma'am, he says, if you want to make it for God, he says, don't go back where you came from. And my mother was just young enough and smart enough to believe exactly what the man of God was saying to her. He wasn't telling her to turn her back and hate and and do this and do that. He was saying, if you want to make it for the things of God, do not go back to the slaughterhouse. Don't go back to where you came from. Don't go back to the trials and the tribulations that you just walked away from to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Because when God saves us, let me tell you something, he does something miraculous in our lives. And I think that the sinners in this world, they, they, they think too much. They have too much uh, thought process going into what salvation really is. They don't understand that salvation is free. It's a very simple thing. It's acknowledging our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, as our personal Savior. It's knowing that, God, I'm not perfect here, but I, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, listen, it's not a walk in the park after that. It doesn't mean you're never going to have problems. It doesn't mean that you're never going to face a trial or a tribulation because those things will come until the day we meet God in heaven. Amen? But if we would stand strong to the great examples in our lives, and if we would walk away from the examples that are not so good for us in our lives. So there's good uh, examples from people who can be a role model. Or a role model is somebody, listen to this, is somebody whose life that you have the opportunity to, to observe observe, 
Not someone you only see in a movie or playing a game on TV, but it's important that we have this as we are growing up. We need role models. We need people that we can love and respect and look up to in our lives. Amen? And as children, we learn to be husbands and wives and fathers and mothers by the examples that we see day in and day out. Some are good and some are bad. Always remember that, amen? There's some things that we were raised with that we're going to have to break in our lives. There's some things, some generational curses that we're going to have to take a stance against those things in our lives because they're real, amen? How many know the devil's real? Anybody ever met the devil? He's real. You say, well, I've never seen him. Well, glory to God, I haven't either. But I sure would like to see him because I'd give him a thump in his nose. Amen? Wouldn't you do the same? Because he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a, he, in, in Spanish, we call him mentiroso. He's the father of all lies, the Bible says. Amen? And so we need to understand that today. And, you know, most people, they can look back on their life and remember someone who was a good example to them. And I can always look back and I can look at an example in my life who was Pastor Jones who was our senior pastor in our, fellow, in our fellowship. He's our founder of our fellowship, and he just happens to be my father-in-law. I fell in love with his daughter, and, you know, he's my father-in-law. What a miracle that God does. He, he gets you saved, brings you out of the wickedness of life, uh, brings you out of that miry clay, that nasty sin that you're involved in, and he puts you in a place where, where the choice is yours, where you get to say, Lord, I want to serve you. I begged for my mother to take me to church so I could get saved. Because I saw what God did to her. I saw what God, how he transformed her life. And I said, I need that. I want that, whatever it is. And it used to be drugs. It used to be alcohol. Even at eight years old, seven years old, uh, we were in the streets. And, and I'm telling you, I was a street kid. Amen. I'll say no more. I don't want you to have a bad uh, impression of who I used to be. Amen. But I'll tell you what, I'm so glad that we turned away from those things. And, and that man who was my pastor at the time, he began to set an example for us in our family, in our life. I remember the very first, I never had a Christmas present in my life until my, 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 uh, my mother got saved and, and my wife's dad, Pastor Jones, bought my brother and myself our very first Christmas presents we've ever had. Now, they bought us our very first bicycles that we ever had. Well, not that we ever had, that we ever purchased. Amen? You can read between them lines, Amen? We had a lot of bikes, but they did not belong to us. We just borrowed them to get them from A to B. Amen. Hallelujah. But they bought us a gift, and I remember those boxes sitting in our front room, and they were humongous boxes. You know, and as kids, you're thinking, oh, it's a video game. Because back then in those days, you know, when the pinball machines started coming out, you know, and, and all these different kind of things, we're guessing what could it be. And sure enough, it was the best bike that you could buy in those days, and it was such a blessing to us. But you know what? It wasn't because of the gifts. It wasn't because of the things they did for us or even the things that they said to us, but it was the example that they led for us to follow in. It was an amazing example where he loved his wife. He cared for his children. I mean, he, he, he nourished them. He strengthened them. He preached the word of God. When he went places, he, he, he lived his life uh, as if God was standing right there with him. A few months, about a year ago, I had an opportunity. I went to Africa. Him and I went together. We went into some uh, into uh, Kinshasa over to the Congo, and it was a it was a rough trip. But I'm going to be honest with you, it was the most amazing time of my life because as I was a young man growing up in the church, 
Ever since I was eight years old, I saw my, I saw my father-in-law go to overseas countries, preach the gospel. Thousands of people would get saved and, and sitting in Reinhardt Monkey crusades and God doing powerful miracles in those places. And I heard the stories, and I heard about this one that got saved at the airport, and I heard this one that got saved in the, in the immigration office, and this one over here. And, you know, those are all wonderful stories, but you're just listening to these stories. You don't know you weren't there. You didn't see it with your eyes. I did see what happened in the local church, and he wasn't any different at home than he was out in the world. When he got out there and he's in Africa or Mexico, wherever he was in the world preaching the gospel, he was the same person everywhere he went. Now, I'm not telling you these stories to boast of him. I'm not, I'm not trying to lift him up and put him up on a pedestal, but I'm talking about an example in my life today. And I'm ministering for just a few moments on this topic of having a great example in your life so you could follow and make heaven your home. Amen. I remember hearing a story about he prayed for a guy in, in, the, uh, in the airport and his mother or his father was sick, dying of cancer. I remember hearing that story. But this last year when I went, it was probably 20 years ago. Matter of fact, it was 20 years ago. When we went to Africa, COVID was at its peak. Everybody was scared to death. They got you off of the plane at the tarmac out there, way out in the boondocks, and put you on buses, but they had to get you through a tent. I mean, they put you through the most amazing situations. I, I can't even imagine why you would want to put somebody through this because of COVID. And we get through the line and there's hundreds of people. These, these planes hold a lot of people. And we're standing in this plane or in this line and hundreds of people in this line and a guy way up at the front sitting down at the desk that was checking people in, making sure they had all their COVID shots and all their proper paperwork and everything like that. He jumps up in the air and he yells out, Papa Jones, Papa Jones. And I'm, I mean, the whole place just kind of went, you know, you just feel the, the static in the air. And I'm looking at this guy, and he's, he's way back there, and he's shouting, Papa Jones, Papa Jones. And all of a sudden, about four or five officers, government officers, run to the front, to where, way to the back of the line where we were. They run back there, and they, and they, they, they start bowing to him. And, you know, that, you don't like to be bowed to, Amen. And he's standing there. We're standing in line. We've got all his luggage. We're, we're, we're trying to get through this airport so we can get in there and, 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 and get on with life and go preach wherever we had to go. And this guy is screaming, and people come from everywhere, and they grab our bags, and they start pulling them off. And this man runs to the, to the back, and he says, sir, he says, you are Pastor Ron Jones, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. He said, 20 years ago, you prayed for my dad. He was dying of cancer, and God healed him. He said, you healed it. God healed his body. And I can remember that story like it was yesterday. I can remember when he first told the story, when he came back from Africa. And I remember as a kid, as a teenager, a young man in the church, I don't know where I was at that time, but I could hear these stories and I was so hungry for what God could do in my life. And I got to thinking, if you have that video, this is the fresh video of today. He's still today in Kinshasa. He, he's, I mean, this guy, he's always traveling. Pastor Jones is everywhere. Watch this video for just a second. I want you to see what happens here. This is Pastor Jones driving up in a vehicle. In a neighborhood, they're getting ready to have service. He's got his son, Pastor Dustin, with him. Amen. 
77 years old, still out on the mission field preaching the gospel. Let me tell you something. These people are so hungry for the things of God. It has nothing to do with a man, but it's the power of God within that man. It's, it's, it's who we are when no one is watching. It's who you are, what you do, where you go, and what the things that you say and how you talk and the people that you hang around with. These are the things that, 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 that make you who you are going to be for in, in the eyes of God. And in the eyes of God's people. This was not a setup. This was not something that was planned. Uh, he just pulls through this, uh, this, this field. And, and, and I'm telling you something. I can feel like, like I'm there. I mean, I understand it exactly what's happening. I mean, I'm telling you what those people are in. They are wanting a miracle in their life. They're hurting. They want God to do something. There's such a hunger. There's such a, a, a thirsting for the things of God in a foreign country. And here in the United States of America, we can't even cut ties in our lives because they're, 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 they're good relationships. They're people that we used to love. And, Pastor, you don't understand. I can't turn away from these people because I loved them. And I'm not asking you to turn away from people that you love. But I'm saying that when the world begins to influence you instead of you influencing the world, we have a problem in our lives. Amen. You see, most people look back on their life and they remember someone who was a good example to them. And it is so unfortunate that so many grow up without those good role models in their lives. So many people, they go through very difficult times in their life because they did not have that good role model. In Christianity, we have the perfect role model, and his name is Jesus. You see, you can't say, well, my father this, my father that. We have Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ himself, hallelujah, who was the greatest uh, role model for you and for me, glory to God. Uh, but God also intends for you and I to have an example in godly people who are in our lives, amen, who can imitate uh, and learn, that, that we can learn from by imitating the things of God in their life. Now, I'm not saying just be a robot and just be somebody that you're not, but I'm talking about being able to see that somebody is a real Christian, somebody that says, you know what, I'm saved, and I'm saved whether I'm in church, whether I'm at home, whether I'm in the shower, whether I'm walking down the street and I hear that disco music turning on, and you want to dance and you want to shout and you want to get crazy for a minute. You know, we have to be true and we have to be real. You see, we all must also remember that we're probably an example to someone, whether we know it or not. You say, well, nobody's watching me. Nobody cares about the things that I'm doing. Nobody even loves me. Have you ever heard that complaint in the church? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. But do you really know that you are an example to somebody? Somebody is watching you. Somebody is looking up to you. Somebody needs you. Uh, somebody needs a help up uh, every once in a while. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, imitate me just as I also Imitate Christ. Amen? Follow me as I follow Christ. Glory to God. You know, Charles Barkley, the great basketball player, one of my favorite all time, he said this. He said, just because I can dunk the basketball does not make me a role model. Amen? Matter of fact, Charles Barkley said, don't call me a role model because I'm not one. <laughs> He's not one. Amen? And some people need to say that. Some men need to stand up at a pulpit and say, you know, don't follow me because I'm not a great example. I'm in this for the wrong business. But that's not going to happen here, amen. 
We're preaching the truth in this place. There's an old saying that says, people will do what you do, not what you say. They're going to do what you do. They want to follow you. They want to see the example that you have set forth. Amen. So the need we, ha- we all have uh, for good examples. Number one, we learn best by example. Amen. Isn't that the truth? We learn best by example. You know, I know some people, they had a very difficult time growing up uh, giving. I know some people, it, matter of fact, in my family, not, not my immediate family, but there's people in my family that they do not like to give. But, oh, they love to get. They love to get, but you know what? Being the example to those people and saying, you know, I'm a giver in the kingdom of God, and they begin to see that, you know what, I've got to be a giver in the kingdom of God. See, everybody wants what you got until they know what you did to get it. Amen? You look at some people and you just say, man, those people, man, they, they, just, they just made a money. They, they just look rich, you know. They, they just look great. And, and it's true. They probably do look great. But you know what? Great people, people that look great, they hurt too. They hurt just the same as you and I do, and, and they have the same trials, the same tribulations that you and I go through. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Verse 16, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Isn't it wonderful to know that you have a pattern to follow? You know, I tell men anytime they call for any kind of uh, counsel or encouragement or strengthening, uh, I just tell them, listen, you follow me as I follow Christ. That's all I can say to you. Before, you, before I give you an answer on how to deal with your situation, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to say, Lord, what is it, Lord, that you're trying to say? I got a phone call today. Someone said, hey, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. I says, give me 30 minutes. I want to pray about it before I even say anything to you. You know, how many know it's so easy to just open our mouths and just give our opinion on what, what we think you ought to do to get, fix your life? But if we don't go to God and ask God, you know, I tell a lot of people, I say, you know what, don't go to the phone, go to the throne. Hallelujah. Go to God, and you might not get an answer right away, but if you go to God, at least God will give you a peace of mind to help you understand. You'll have a pattern to follow. The Apostle Paul was saying he's more than just a teacher to these people. That's what he's saying to them. You know, and I'm not going to say that teachers aren't important. They're very important, but he's talking about something more, a spiritual father. He's talking about somebody that is a leader in in their example in the way they do the things that they do. This type of relationship provides for us the example from a person we can learn from through more than just word, through more than just mouth, more than just, you know, I've done this and this is the way you ought to do it. You know, every situation, every circumstance is different, and we need to understand that today, amen? In other words, you have heard us not just talk the talk, but we have walked the walk. We don't just talk the talk. We're not just pura paha where we just say what we want to say and it's it's what it is. No, but we're walking the walk. The struggle is real. Hallelujah. Remember the saying, the struggle is real. Glory to God. And we're all going through the struggle together. We're all going to make it through the struggle together because we stand link, arm linked, and we're going to fight through this together. Hallelujah. 
And see, that's what this is all about, knowing that, you know, we're not putting people on a pedestal. I don't put Pastor Jones on a pedestal and say he's the, the you know, the, i got to bow down to him. No, he's my pastor. He's our pastor's pastor. And he's a great man of God. He's been an example to all of us for many, many years. And those who know him, you respect him. We've never seen him out of line. I, I mean, there's been times where I want to see him get out of line a little bit. I'm like, come on, Dad, let's just get crazy for a minute. You're with me. It's all right. He did, in other words, shut up. We're going to do something for God. Hallelujah. And, you know, I respect that because, you know, there's no greater thing. I mean, I, listen, we know how to have fun, too, in the kingdom of God. There's no doubt we know how to have fun. I've been all over the, I feel like I've been all over the world with him at different times. And, and you know, we've had a lot of fun. There was a time we were in Panama. He won't mind. I told him I was going to tell the story a long time ago, so I'll tell it again. Hallelujah. We were in Panama, and we were walking through this area in Panama City. And, and way off in the shopping center, they had this whole area blocked off. They had the ropes out there, and they had the cones out there, big, beautiful lights and big trucks. They had the fancy cameras. Where they had those big, long arms that reach way out, and the camera's doing all this crazy stuff. You know, I mean, I never seen anything like it in my life. And Pastor John, I turned around, and he was gone. I said, where in the world? And I look over, and he's running over there, and he's running up to this place. He jumps right. They were, they were filming a movie. This was a, uh, in Panama City. They were filming a movie, and he runs into the scene, jumps right into the scene and says, Oh, shalabaka. He starts speaking in tongues. He says, you want to know what, this, what your problem is here? Your problem is, is your actor is ugly. Just messing around, having a good time. It was just having fun. But, you know, it was an opportunity for us to get in there and talk to the people and love those people and encourage those people. But you know what? You've got to live a wonderful life trusting in God. I'm not saying going around telling everybody they're ugly. That, that, that was not right. Okay? That was not right. The funniest part of that is he said it in Spanish. And that didn't go very well. But he got his point across. Amen? He's not afraid. You can go anywhere in the world. Is, am I telling the truth? My wife has sat on stage with her father in a Reinhardt Bonnke. How many people were in that crusade? Almost a million people, huh? It was almost a million people. These people, listen, you saw as he pulled up into this little field what happened. Listen, they were in a crusade with Reinhardt Bonnke sitting on a stage. And I'm telling you something, they loved him because he has been genuine ever since day one when he gave his life to the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not knocking this movie that's out right now, but i seen my father-in-law. He was saved in that movement. My father-in-law, he, he, it's almost like I look at him as the one who invented it. Hallelujah, amen. I said, this man got saved in that revival. This man has made an impact all over the world, and he's not doing it with church people. Can I get a bigger amen than that? He didn't go into every church and proselyte their people and build another church. We sent churches into rural areas. We sent churches into places that you would never send a church to. And we planted a church like Fort Worth Drive in an old bar. Because God knew that we were coming. Hallelujah. God knew that Pastor Blake was coming down uh, to Denton, Texas. Hallelujah. And God knew that God was preparing the hearts uh, of the people in this city. And hallelujah. I thank God for it because look where we are today. We're in a good place. Hallelujah. We have the same vision. It hasn't changed not even a minute. 
We have the same plans. We have the same work ethic. We are here to see souls saved. Glory to God. We're not messing around. Amen. Philippians 2, 21 through 23. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, and regarding Timothy, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. You see, the proven character of Timothy was on display as an example to the church. That's what it was. His character, who he really was, was on display as an example to the church. Certain factors are important for this principle to be established in your life and in mine. Number one, relationship. You got, who, who, who do we hang around with? If God is not your primary relationship in your life, then you're going to be in trouble. And I'm not talking about when you're just, you know, pushing 911 on the phone. God, I need you. Lord, I'm desperate. Lord, I need, I, I need help, God. I'm in trouble. He's there for you when you do that. I promise you, he's going to be there for you. But let's save ourselves some headache and start hanging with the right people. You ever notice when you got in trouble in life, it's because you were always with the wrong person? You ever, you ever just notice? I mean, just stop and think about that for a minute. My kids, you know, they think that they reinvent intelligence, you know, all of a sudden. you know, Dad, you know, I'm doing so good. Well, you know, you weren't doing good when you were hanging out with this one. You didn't do good when you were with this one. You weren't doing good. You know, my, my father-in-law told me one time, he says, he says, you will always attract the people in your life that are attracted to your life or that you're attracted to. And I'm not talking about boy with a girl, you liking somebody. That's not what I'm talking about. You ever notice that there's always somebody that's a thorn in your side that wants to hang out with you? I got a few friends like that. They, you know, and my father-in-law told me one time, he says, why is it that all, all the same kind of people want to hang out with you all the time? He says, are you right with God? Listen, he called me out like that. Are you right with God? Are you living for God? Is there anything in you that will scare these people away? Man, and I'll tell you what, I started interpreting what he was telling me, and I'm telling you what, I got on to myself because I did notice that there was people that wanted to be around me that it wasn't because of the godliness in me. It was because we, we got along good. We could tell good old stories about our past and the way things used to be. I like to throw my past out. You notice I don't get up here and say anything about the depth of where I was and what I've done in my life. I, I, am, a, I am a sinner just like everybody else. Amen. I got saved all over again this, this evening right in that prayer room back here. I said, Lord, forgive me for each and every and all sins, oh God. Deliver me. Set me free, God. I need it every single day. Because if you don't call upon the name of the Lord, guess what? Something's going to call upon your name. And it's going to get you going somewhere you don't want to go. It's going to get you involved with people that you don't want to be involved with. Number two is time and commitment. What do you spend your time on? What are the things that you commit yourself to? You know, I mean, I guess a lot of us, you know, I hear pastors say it a lot, you know, tickle talk and uh, all these other, uh, somebody help me out here. What, that, those ones right there. Brenda, you don't do any of those, right? None, none of them. Glory to God. Any of those things. Let me tell you something. They say that people spend more time on those things than they do raising children in their life. Oh. I mean, you know, the Chinese government knows more about us than we know about our own children who live in our houses. Thank you for that. 
Amen? Because of the things that we choose to spend our time in. And listen, if you like to eat, glory to God, I can join you on that one. I love to eat, amen? But I'm going to tell you something. We need to make better choices on where we spend our time and the things we commit ourselves to. Number three, trust. Are you trustworthy? Do you trust? Are you, I mean, that word trust is big. You can turn it both ways. Number four, people of godly character and integrity. These are important factors. They're so important to, uh, for us to understand, establish these things in our lives. I want to be around godly people. I don't want to be around worldly people. I want to win them to Jesus. I want to preach the gospel to them. I want to love them. And I tell people all the time, if you want to see if somebody really loves you, tell them about Jesus. Because they'll either stay with you or they're going to be gone if you ain't John. Hallelujah. Amen? Isn't that the truth? Have you noticed that in your life? They will leave you, and I'm telling you what, they'll never look back to see if you're okay. Because you are a Jesus freak. You're a holy roller. You've lost your mind. Glory to God. And yes, we are all of the above. Hallelujah. Amen? I had someone ask me yesterday, are we, holy, are we, are we Pentecostals? I said, you better believe we're Pentecostals. And we're Pentecostals. We ought to let somebody know we're Pentecostal. Amen? We don't hide behind a, 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 you know, a wall somewhere. We got to tell people what we are, who we are. It takes time and it takes commitment on our part to build a relationship and a trust factor with a person who can be an example for us to follow. Did you understand that? It takes commitment. It takes time. It takes all of these things that we just talked about. We have to be able to trust our leaders. We have to be able to have a relationship and know them. Don't ever use the excuse that I don't know our pastors because uh, they don't talk to me. Really, the truth is, is your pastors are busy talking to people. That's what we do. We love people. We go from one side of the church to the other talking to people. And by the time you get over there to catch us, we're already on this other side. Amen. That's just the way it works. But don't ever use the excuse that they don't love you. Don't ever use the excuse because what that does is it gives the devil an opportunity to grab you and hold you back from the promises of God. Amen? See, many people are good examples to follow, but this doesn't mean that they're perfect. And it doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. Amen? I, I hope that if I'm going to make a mistake, that I have somebody that's going to say, I'm going to lift you up and encourage you. I hope that I have somebody that say, you know, he made a mistake and, and I still love him and, and, and he's going to do well and he's got a repentive heart. You see, that's what this is all about. We've got to know to have a relationship and spend time and a commitment to those people and to the work of God so that God can begin to do something. It means they are striving to do the best that they can do to serve God and live a godly life. There's nobody in here that's above the law. Ain't nobody in this place that, that's more saved than the other. Listen, it doesn't matter if you read 10 chapters in a day or you read a, a verse in a day. It doesn't matter. You, you, listen, when you're saved, you're saved. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're living for God, if you're talking to God, and if you're doing the things of God, give me about two to three minutes and you turn that music on. We're going to have a different altar call tonight, okay? It's going to be a little different. Without singers, we're going to have music. But I'm just letting them know. Give me a couple more minutes. Is that okay? Praise God. I'm glad you said it was okay. Hallelujah. I got a lot to say, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to narrow this down here for just a second. First Thessalonians 1.5, it says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, 
but also it came in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. This is talking about relationship and character. Amen? Verse 6, it says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit. And verse 7, So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. You see, it's not fair to any person for us to set them up on, a, on such a high pedestal that, 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 that they're supposed to be above making mistakes. Amen? Everybody's human. We're all together in this thing. And, you know, I want to encourage you. What I really want to encourage you to do today is to know that the way we get involved is by getting involved. You don't ever learn how to swim until you jump in the water. And you begin to swim. Now, I'm not into this, throw the kid in the water and just see if he makes it, amen. I'm not into that, okay. That, doesn't, that didn't happen with my kids, even when my wife tried to do it to a couple of them, amen. I wasn't for it, amen. When I say don't jump in the water, I meant don't jump in the water, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Brenda, I got to torment you every once in a while. I just love it. Brenda will tell you that story if you ever want to know about it, okay. I won't tell you. But let's be encouraged tonight. Let's be encouraged tonight, amen? And listen, what I'm trying to say to us tonight is who you hang around with is so very important. You know, we're not above the law. I'm going to come down here for just a moment, and I'm just going to get away from these notes, and I want to talk to you for just half a second, okay? Listen, if we will make wise decisions, there's people in our lives today. There are people in your life. There are people you have relationships with right now that you know God is not pleased with those relationships. You're never going to see me uh, participating in, in anything that is worldly. It, 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 you, you know that when I go to weddings, if anybody has a wedding and they start pulling out alcohol, whatever the case might be, Rover, Rover, it's all over for this boy. I'm going home and going to bed. I don't want nothing to do with it. I had somebody ask me the other day. They said, do you drink? I said, no, I don't drink. They said, do you smoke? I said, no, I don't smoke. Don't get so quiet on me in here. Listen, if God wanted you to smoke, he'd have made you a chimney. I don't drink, and I don't chase the wild women who do. Glory to God. Amen? I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want nothing to do with that because I know that if I do involve myself in those things, I'm going to be like the rest of y'all, and I'm going to be lost. I'm going to be out in the world giving myself to the world instead of giving myself to the things of God. And I want God to be pleased. Why am I alive today? I'm not alive to, to please me or to please anybody else around me. I'm here on this earth to please God. And God says, if you'll do my will, if you'll allow me to speak into your life, he says, you'll make heaven your home. Now, I don't know anybody in this place that doesn't want to make heaven their home. And so many times in our lives, uh, we give glory to the things that are overwhelming in our lives. We give glory to the things that are pressing uh, and holding us back. Like I'll give you an example. This young generation, they have a mind of their own. Can I get an amen, young people? They have a mind of their own. They just think that everything's okay and you just live your life and, and whatever happens, happens. They, they just believe that, that that banana grew on the counter in their house. You know, it's time to eat. They just know that that milk just happened to be in that refrigerator, and it was just for them. It was, it's only for them. I can sin. I can live my life any way I want to live it. I can do anything I want to do. 
And God's going to be okay with that. I got news for you. He's not. Because if it does not please him, then we're in the wrong boat. If it doesn't please God, there's too many Christians in this world today. And listen, you're, you're not going to hear this kind of preaching in a whole lot of churches. You just don't. The way pastor preaches, the way I'm, I'm preaching, it just, you know, it's just, it's real. This is dealing with us every single day, our lives. It was the hardest thing in the world for me. When my wife, my daughter was lost, she was out in the world. She was out there doing her thing. She was living her life. She was telling us who she was and what she is and this and that. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I said, there's something wrong here. I, I mean, I was beginning to think there was a, a mental problem. I'm just being real with you. I began to think, man, I need to get her some help. But you know what? Young people struggle. They're going through things. Their people are saying, it's okay. Just do it. Just have fun. Just enjoy your life. And they take those colored pills and boom, they're gone in one day. They involve themselves. They, they, they let themselves get into a, a lion's den. They open up the door to sin and it, consu it consumes them. Before you know it, you're so far gone. You don't even know where you've been. And now that my daughter's come back and my daughter's thinking straight again, I, I, I still, I'm a firm believer that the brain doesn't start working until you're at least 25 years old. I just believe that. <laughs> Amen. And if nobody agreed with me, I still believe it. I'm thinking it's still 30, 40 years old even. I'm just barely starting to get smart. <laughs> Amen. But now, you know what she says? That's not me. That wasn't me. I'm like, I tried to tell you. I was using those exact words and telling you these things. What do you mean? Boom, it clicked. Something clicked in the mind. She says, I was never loved. I was never cared for. And now I see it. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. We prayed prayers. Everyone in this church, we've been praying and praying. Our fellowship's been praying and praying. And we said, God, whatever you have to do, just do it. But spare her life. Spare her life. And look, things are coming back together. We're so grateful. We're so blessed. But it's who you hang around with will determine who you become. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a few moments this evening. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. God, you've called us all to be examples to one another. And God, we ask that you would just deal with our hearts, God, and help us to understand Romans 14, 7, for no one of us, none of us, lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. God, we love you so much. We ask you, Lord, to use us. Use our testimony, God, to be an example to the world. God, use us in every way possible, God, that we could be a light unto this world, God, and not to be upset. Lord, you know that you've dealt with me on this in the past few years, God, of trying to be kind and Lord, just trying to be different so that I could be an example of you. And I know without a doubt, Lord, it's working. You're doing your work in my life, and I'm thankful for it, God. But, Lord, there's so many of us in this place. We still need you to deal with us. And before I go any further this evening, I want to give you an opportunity to just accept the Lord as your personal Savior. Maybe you're here tonight, and 
you're not saved, you're away from God, and you want to be saved, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to surrender to the Lord, if that's you tonight, just lift your hand up, put it up, put it real high so I can see it. Say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be saved. Now listen to me. You're not joining a church. I see these hands. Praise God. I see these hands. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You know, you're not joining a church by lifting your hand and saying, I want to be saved, but you're surrendering to the Almighty God, saying, Lord, I'm not perfect. I can't do this by myself. I need a Savior. And God's going to heal you. He's going to set you free tonight. If that's you, just put your hand up. Put it up high so I can see it. I want to pray for you tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's all stand up to our feet if we would. If you raised your hand tonight, I want you to come down to this altar. I want to pray for you if I can. Come on down. Someone will come with you. Kevin, come on down here with him too. Yes. Come on, Kevin. Yes. Come on down with him. Praise God. Good to have you, buddy. God bless you. This is the heart of, of us. This is our vision. And it's soul winning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Young man, you raise your hand. Come on, I'm going to pray for you too. It's okay. Yeah. Praise God. Anybody else want to join them? Come on down. It's never too late. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a preacher's kid right here. Glory to God. We all need Jesus. You know what? Sometimes we just want to rededicate ourselves to the Lord and just be hungry for the things of God. Amen? Listen, this young generation, I tell you, I'd be at an altar call every single service just calling on the name of the Lord because this world is not easy. It's tough. Everybody's saying one thing, but God says another. Amen? I want to pray this prayer. Let's all repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Make me a brand new person. Set me free. Deliver me from all sin, from the devil tormenting my mind. I bind you, devil. I take authority over you and your schemes, your plans, and I trust Jesus. And Lord, I will serve you for the rest of my life. I give you myself, give you my life, and I thank you for saving me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning, amen. Put our hands together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.